0: And boom goes the
1: dining. i I'm tonight. So watch me bring the fire, set the night light. Shoes and on, the dynamo. Get up in the moon, cup of milk, let's rock and roll. Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a Rolling Stone. Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of LeBron. And Think boom, dumb, boom Call me on my phone, Nice tea, and I'll get my ping pong.
2: And welcome to episode 60 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite review show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you, man? Jeff,
0: wait, hold on a second. Okay. I had to finish my seltzer so I could do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're ready to go. Uh, Paul, uh,
2: I, I decided to give myself a promotion.
0: You have given – wow, that's an esteemed Uh, promotion from an esteemed colleague. Uh, Congratulations on promoting yourself.
2: Thank you. Yes, it's been a long time coming. I am now the BGTD AAA correspondent.
0: The BGTD AAA correspondent.
2: (laughs) AAA correspondent as – over the weekend we had
0: triple mania you were just jealous of my official title as impact correspondent i see what you did here yeah. and uh, i'm going to talk to management about this so well, you, you... hey jeff <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh triple mania was this past weekend ironically at the same time as an impact uh pay-per-view yes that was going uh, on uh, so
0: i i don't think there... that both involved in AEW, a certain AEW world champion.
2: They, they did. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there. Uh, true, Kenny Omega is still the AAA mega campeon uh, in a match. That, that match against Laredo Kid was fantastic.
0: I can imagine. The only thing I saw from it was the um, oft-revered and and uh semi-viral uh one-winged angel off the second rope yes the, is, oh, that, that oh, was yeah. the
2: finish but i mean there was there was quite a lot to it uh, there was you know some actual submission grappling work in there um michael nakazawa acted as kenny omega's second and
0: fantastic love and, that So he
2: got involved but then um laredo kids Second got involved, and he is like possibly one of the best high flyers, uh, in, in the last few years. Uh, uh Ijo del Vikingo.
0: Oh, Vikingo. We've talked about Vikingo before, and how we wanted to see him wrestle stateside more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that dude can go.
2: Yeah. Well, he 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 made a couple of appearances uh, on Triple Mania, but anyway, uh, that match banged, as did the main event, which was uh, you know, a hardcore brawl, uh, hair versus hair between Pagano and Chessman. It's so
0: good that clowns are in the main event at AAA. I love AAA, man. The um, truly, the truly most Joker-fied wrestling promotion.
2: The um, there were some other AEW wrestlers involved too because uh, the Lucha Bros retained the AAA uh, tag team championship, even though they looked like they were not going to. Um, that and, rocks.
0: It's it's very cool that AAA is willing to just let AEW's biggest stars be their champions. Yeah,
2: and so it was. So it was a three way match. Uh, the other teams being uh, Octagon Junior and Misty's Junior, uh, also versus Tejano Junior. Where was
0: where was Rhombus Junior and isosceles Tri- yeah. <laughs> Triangle Angle Zoom uh, Junior?
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do wonder that. But uh yeah, the other and uh the other team being uh Tejano. The
0: ge- geometry of the match. I mean it is a uh, uh uh a what is it? It's like a Septagon. It's a, it's ring. a he- hexagon. Hexagon. Yeah, ring. it's a it's a six-sided oh, a ring. Seven, a, a seven-sided ring would be a lot of fun. Oh Jesus.
2: But yeah, um it was uh Tejano Jr. and Rey Escorpion being the uh the other team. And uh-huh. uh they uh and they really tease like the Lucha Bros are gonna drop this and they actually Went with AEW continuity. Uh, right. They 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 described his his injury, his, okay. his knee injury, and they played. It's play, nice to and see these things kind of, of
0: leading together, and I think we're seeing an era of wrestling, you know, being more open for business than it has been in the last couple of decades. Right. You know, the WWEification of, of mainstream professional wrestling has really walled that stuff off and created barriers that we're starting to see come down a little bit. Uh, to uh, be uh, to to be fair,
2: Lucha's always kind of been a. a Barriered like that right. especially Lucha, Lucha Libre Mexico. hasn't really been
0: in the mainstream and consciousness then, In the way that it is these days Right I but all,
2: all Japan in the 90s Especially after you know Tenru And all them went to the eyeglass company um, All Japan Got really isolationist too
0: Right. Um, yeah. I, and you're seeing that like mainstream professional wrestling did that at its top levels. And obviously WWE is to, to blame for a lot of that. Right. And them having healthy competition now is starting to make some changes there, which, you know, no more apparent than uh, the very program that we do this podcast about. AEW Dynamite uh, is kind of leading that. At the, it seems to be at the forefront of it, which is, uh, you know, a good thing for the wrestling as a whole. Before we move on from TripleMania, uh, can you just say anything about Nino Hamburguesa and Big Mommy? Just to make me happy.
2: Oh, well, Nino Hamburguesa actually was supposed to be on the show, and he ended up missing for, through injury. He was actually supposed to be in the uh,
0: in the first it, match.
2: It. I will say this because of that first match, I am now a fan of Mister Iguana.
0: Mister Iguana, cool name.
2: Oh yeah. He, 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 yeah, he has a cool look. He has a stuffed iguana that he uses as a weapon. Just,
0: I feel like Mister Iguana is like the like when you're like a when you're like 13, it's like the 26 year old guy that lives down the street um, <laughs> who like. He lets you like hang out in his basement and watch like happy tree friends. He's like the hot couch guy. Oh god. Uh, it always smells like incense. He's like wearing a robe on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it's on uh, uh, a bro. It's like where you get like your first bag of weed from and it's mostly brown.
2: Uh Big Mommy uh ended up being a surprise entrant in the uh, in in the Copa Triple A uh feminine. So Very nice. so that was a surprise. Cool. But fan. Lastly, uh, we had another surprise AEW appearance on Triple Mania. Uh, Brian Cage was the man behind the purple mask under the purple hood uh, as Terror Purpura in the uh, in the Marvel match.
0: He was so he was Thanos, is what? You're yeah, saying. he
2: was Thanos. Yeah, uh, Just the Thanos. yeah. Tor- Torus was Vinnnoita, who was uh, you know Venom, and then uh, Leyenda Americana was Daga with Leo Rush being um arachno
0: oh that's kind of fun okay so we've had all of that stuff you had ray mysterio do wolverine at all in name one other comic book character you'd like to see a professional wrestler play
2: um well ray phoenix has a has worn a wolverine base mask before
0: uh no yeah that's another another wolverine just a different wolverine
2: um, comic book. Well, I mean, there's uh the 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 Lucha in Lucha there's the uh so one of the promotions has uh fake Ninja Turtles, the Tortugas. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. didn't
0: they do, didn't like Jim Cornette like run something like some fake Ninja Turtles one time?
2: I think they did. I think they did it. I, I don't know if it was in Smoky that's Mountain. So was it in Smoky Mountain? All right. I don't know.
0: It's probably. I Before we turn this into a uh, a comic book podcast, let's let's take a couple of minutes it's on. Uh, uh, as you are our official AAA correspondent, uh, so I am our official Impact Wrestling slash AEW Dark correspondent. Um, not a whole lot to say about both shows, but I did. Wa- I, I skimmed through them. I didn't watch all of either, but I did catch the AEW stuff on Impact. Uh, the big news out of there is that it impacts Hard to Kill Pay Per View. There will be a six-man tag featuring AEW World Champion Kenneth Omega uh, pairing up with his former. Bullet Club mates, the Good Brothers, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, they will be taking on uh, the Motor City Machine Guns and Impact World Champion Rich Swann. So that's really interesting. Kenny Omega is going to wrestle in an Impact match.
2: Yeah, that, that is pretty it's pretty interesting Uh, under the
0: banner of being aew champion he's got the belt he's got the whole thing so this is a very interesting crossover i think at some point we're setting up a champion versus champion match right like rich swan and kenny will wrestle a singles match at one point oh it's guaranteed there yeah Yeah, i I think this this is our road there but it's an interesting use of it um you know carl anderson and gallows when they're when they have the green light are one of the better tag teams really on the planet uh they're big dumb shitheads but they're good at wrestling so, uh, I think this is a uh, pretty interesting, uh, we got another little fun ad from a uh, very coked out Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I did. I did, I did great. see great. just keep feeding Tony Khan blow and letting him do these spots, man. We're ha- I'm having a lot of fun <laughs> with it. And you know, I, I, here's one thing I will say, um, about this whole thing. I'm already starting to hear Vince McMahon comparisons and I think they're bad. I think they're wrong and they're bad. These two guys are literally nothing alike. Their personalities are nothing alike. Their characters are nothing alike. Just because they're the guy who runs the company who's appearing on screen, like, we're going to make comparisons. And I think it's a very lazy comparison.
2: Yeah, I mean, you uh, you, you may as well compare him to Paulie, Paulie Dangerously, ECW era, or, yeah, you know,
0: like Jim or The Herd, owner of the promotion like has Herd appeared Herd. on screen on basically every wrestling promotion of all time, like, ever. You know what I mean? So, like, well, I don't really see the point of making those comparisons. And that's not to say, like, uh, uh, Tony Khan is, like, better or worse than Vince McMahon in any way. They're just very, very different. And we haven't seen enough of Tony Khan as a character to really make a big assessment. Like I said, just keep getting this dude fucking gacked up and let him cut promos. <laughs> I'm having a blast with it. Which, if you want to compare one thing to, to Vince and Tony Khan, is that in their prime, probably did the same amount of cocaine. Probably true. And that's really all I got to say um, about those things. So uh, before we get into AEW Dynamite tonight, we're going to give our uh, listeners a little preview, a little behind the scenes, a little. Wait, did, uh, how did you the... see dark?
2: Did you see dark?
0: Yes. And they had women's wrestling, which was great. It okay, was there. Awesome. It existed. Yay. Women's, re- Yay um, women's or... wrestling. Apparently, AEW dark is the only place you can see um, Anna J. Ty Conte and Elise wrestle. So uh, great. Okay. So, um, but. So before we, we, we move into uh, tonight's uh, AEW Dynamite episode, um, I want to fully admit for our listeners that we are recording the top segment of this podcast before AEW Dynamite airs. Don't shatter their illusions. The illusions are shattered. Kayfabe is broken. The curtain has been pulled right down with our bare hands.
2: So actually, this would not be the first time we've pre-recorded. And I make That's
0: the other thing you guys should know is that I am
2: completely
0: in the nude. Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, So, so thank God. Thank God, this is audio, (laughs) and you can get our video podcast on Patreon. (laughs) Subscribe to our OnlyFans (laughs) for our live video recording of this podcast. (laughs) Oh boy. so, with that in mind, um, I thought we would do something kind of fun tonight. Uh, there are six advertised matches uh, for tonight's episode, Jeff. And what I think I'd like to do is maybe make some quick predictions so that we can come back, record our review of the podcast, and see how well we did. Okay. Well, you have the card in front of you. Later. <laughs> I on. have the card right in front of me, friend. So, uh, let's start with Eva and Diamante in a tag match, already proving me wrong that you can see Eva on the on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> Taking on Big Swole and Serena Deep, the uh, newly crowned uh, uh, NWA Women's World Champion. Uh, this is a this is a fun tag match. I really like this. Um, I think Eveliis and Diamante win. They're still got the heat coming off that medal win. I think we still want to keep them built. So I'm going to say Evelise and Diamante. What say you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I, I think Diamante gets the pin to to make a challenge to Serena Deep.
0: Ah, I like that. Very good. Um, so next up, we got Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian SCU taking on the newly minted acclaimed, uh, I think, uh, some, a tag team that a lot of people have their eyes on, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Um, I believe this is their first Dynamite match. Is that right?
2: Uh, yeah, I I, I think so.
0: I think this is their first match. They, They wrestled on Dark, um, uh, let's have you go first. Who do you think wins this match?
2: I think the acclaimed do give them. He, and because, uh, both Daniels and Kazarian will do business. So
0: I couldn't agree more. I think this is like a perfectly tailor-made match to start building the acclaimed up. And also we're going to get a, a few bars spit, uh, uh, from Max Caster, which is fun. Uh, so let's move on to a dark order match, uh, sort of dark order match. So John silver, Alex Reynolds teaming up with hangman, Adam page, someone that they would like to recruit, uh, taking on Matt Hardy and uh, private party, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy party party, if you will, in a, uh, a six man tag, who you got.
2: Sadly, I can see the, uh, the Hardy party team winning this, uh, probably pinning John silver.
0: Okay. I am gonna say uh, the hangman page dark order team win uh, as a recruitment tool for hangman page hmm, so okay I'll, I'll I, on that
2: I, I saw some gifs of um, uh, being the elite footage with uh, with uh, the dark order and uh, and wearing like cowboy hats and and
0: oh that's fun getting yeah, it, 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 looked,
2: it looked a little yeah and a J Jay got involved too it, it, it was it, it's getting a little weird.
0: Up in there. All right, moving on. What we want? Uh, okay, we got a, a singles match. Finally, Uh Cody Rhodes taking on on Helico. I think this is an interesting one. Oh, Cody, uh, Cody wins. I mean, sure. Cody wins. Yeah, there's yeah. no way Cody. Cody's Co- gonna win. Cody
2: barely does business.
0: <laughs> Cody's gonna win, and on Helico is gonna look great. And I'm um, basically a, a classic Cody Rhodes match where he wins but his opponent looks good. So I think that's what we're going to get there. Uh, Moving on to a very useful, very important match that definitely needs to be here. Not a 14-man tag. It is now a 12-man tag because uh, Wardlow couldn't travel uh, for, I believe, undisclosed reasons. Uh, So Wardlow couldn't make the show, so they just... Uh, cut Brandon and Cutler off the match. (laughs) And uh, it's it's a 12-man now. You have the inner circle, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, MJF, taking on the best friends, Trent, Chuck Taylor, uh, along with uh, uh, top flight, Darius and Dante Martin, and Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, the varsity blondes. Who you got?
2: I predict this match is going to be a complete fuck and a mess. That's what I predict.
0: That is what I predict. I do think that the non- inner circle team will win uh so that the inner circle can get mad and have a shoving match after
2: okay interesting
0: uh we have uh uh, sting and eddie kingston are scheduled to make some appearances which i'm just my prediction is that they're going to be cool and then our main event uh kenny omega taking on the bad boy joey janela in a non-title match with no disqualifications
2: oh omega wins this one handily
0: Yeah, Kenny Omega is not losing in any promotion for a long time. Yeah, sadly. That's just the way it's going to go. So, yeah, those are going to be our predictions. Mark them down, and let's uh, see how we did uh, once you do your thing, where you say... Well, first, let's cut away for a message from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back
2: with episode 60 of AEW Dynamite. Stay tuned.
1: Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020 for good? Then do it in style with your pals at Mystery Titans Theater and the live New Year's Eve Spectacular. Join your hosts, Travis Waloshin, Johnny Hedgepeth, and the returning Kelly Nelson, as we sit back and watch the exploits of such timeless entertainers as Moose Monroe, Swede Hansen, and Barry O. Celebrate the turning of the clock from coast to coast as the fellows are joined throughout the night by Mystery Titans Theater favorites, James Hamilton max mitchell robert hawkins zubin sundar mark stanley sean whitaker and new friends robert charlton and brad mcneil and many more the fun starts here at mystery titans theater hq jarvis washing machine on youtube at 10 p.m eastern time and 7 pacific and we won't say goodnight until the new year has reached vancouver it's going to be a party, so subscribe on YouTube for more updates, and let us know if there's a card you'd like to see on the Mystery Titans Theater, New Year's Eve Live Spectacular.
2: And with that, we go live to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode 60 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into the first match of the evening, and it is, in fact, Hardy Party, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy against Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Um the good, the bad, and the hungy. <laughs> the
0: the cowboy beavers. Yeah. The beaver cowboys. <laughs> oh lordy. The beaver cowboys the... is a whole different thing. I've seen that movie and uh, oh, <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? yeah, well Ayo. enough
2: about your video collection.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All on VHS, still to this day.
2: Damn straight. The only way—the <laughs> only way to watch. Uh, you know, you
0: might movies. have been tape trading in the in the days, but I was tape trading. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Um, you know, this match, much like pretty much everything the Dark Order has done in Brody Lee's absence, has hinged on the absolutely stellar performance of one John silver yes Uh, and this this has
2: been it it is a far exceeded expectations too
0: like this is a match that contained matt hardy like an all-time legend of tag team wrestling uh private party one of aew's top tag prospects in an incredibly deep division and hangman adam page uh one of their biggest stars and, and hottest talents uh over the last six months or so and this was a john silver match john silver shined in this one yeah, he did. He, he, he broke the mean, fuck not, out. Not just because I was staring at his triceps the whole time, which, phenomenal triceps on that man. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Like, I'm a guy who respects good triceps. This dude's triceps are massive. Are, are,
2: are, you, are you a tricep guy? I'm a tricep guy, Jeff. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, we learn something new every day on, uh, yeah, on like, Boom you Goes need the Dynamite. To,
0: like, you need to call animal control because the pythons are loose. Oh, damn, don't start doing Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Play some of these 24-inch guns, brother. <laughs> I'll do a real Hulk Hogan promo. You just have to beep everything out. Oh,
2: Jesus. No, stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, um, there, was, there was a lot going on in this match. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of it was carried by John Silver. A great Adam pa- Page hot tag. Uh, towards the back end of the match. Um, and re- results-wise, uh, you got this one right. Hardy Party gets the win.
2: I did, yes, because Matt Hardy stole the win.
0: Yeah, interesting uh, piece of storytelling. I thought, you know, my my thinking behind it was Paige and uh, uh, Silver and Reynolds get the win for storyline purposes to advance the Dark Order stuff. But they pulled a little switcheroo and actually did much better, I think, because they were able to service both storylines through this result. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, I I actually totally agree with that assessment.
0: Yeah, this this really worked out right because Matt Hardy blatantly steals a pin with a blind tag um, after uh, uh, Reynolds was down. And uh, you get that little bit of dissent and a little bit of uh, private party going, well, you know, what the hell, dude? And Matt Hardy being like, no, it's OK. We won. Come on. Bring it in, boys. Let's all hug it out. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have Adam Page being like, well, you know, still having that kind of, oh, shit, I lost again. You know, and so there's still I don't think it's over with him in Dark Order. Um, I don't think so either. Would have, would have probably bolstered his chances, but I don't think that's over. And the the Hardy Party stuff got a little bit more interesting.
2: Yeah, I agree. This this was a decent match. I mean, the, the, the last thing I need in my life is a Matt Hardy heel turn story, but at the same time, it's, the, the, the match thing, though, it's going to work,
0: dude. It's going to work because everything Matt Hardy's done over the last five years has worked like this guy is he's really hit his stride creatively. In a way that really, I think a lot of people didn't think he really still had it in him. Physically, he's not all there. I did think he looked pretty good in this match physically as opposed to some of his other uh, uh, matches uh, as of late. I thought he looked pretty crisp, pretty clean. Uh, with the stuff that he was doing. But yeah, I think this is a good way if you're going to have like a, a heel Matt Hardy for it to happen because like, you know, the Team Taz stuff, and we'll talk about Team Taz tonight, um, he's going to raise private Party's profile and that's what he's there for, right? And this is what AEW is doing well is raising the profile of their young talents using their veterans. Yeah, yeah. We, and we've talked about that before. Which is what but... you're supposed to do, right? Like this is something that, you know, WWE has gotten a lot of flack for over the last few years. Of, you know, keeping their stars at the top, burying young talent, quote unquote, and uh, and not utilizing, you know, the older talents to raise the profile of other talent. This is something that's working here. And I was nice to see tonight uh, at the top of the match. And it's a recurring theme throughout the show.
2: Indeed. Um, With that, we go backstage and uh, we have the assembled uh, inner circle. And uh, MJF is carrying a New York Times Best Performance 2020 plaque.
0: They've a- definitely found like a, a FedEx office to make that plaque for them this week. No, this, this is. This prop guy. No, no. He was named by the New York Times, like in one of their in an article about best performances yes, of the for, for, year. For, for but the, the for New the... York Times did not give him this. They may they have. Made this, this is an AEW prop. That's my conspiracy theory that AEW made this played that plaque as a prop.
2: I mean, they may. Uh, the New York Times may have shipped it to him.
0: Hmm. They did a write-up where they were like, "This was good." Uh, I think the rest of it's like a little bit, uh, you know. Well, it was listed
2: as one of the best performances of the year. The, the right, the, the it, it's for the the dinner debonair
0: segment, by the, the way. Which, yes, and there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a tiff over this. Uh, MJF showing off his plaque and Chris Jericho mentioning that you know the whole thing was his idea, and you can tell Jericho a little bit miffed by the spotlight that one Maxwell Jacob Friedman has been receiving
2: indeed but i mean but I mean, it, it, it's a deserved award cuz that segment was actually fact. Well, I
0: mean Le ruled and you know uh, the New York Times was right to the, the failing New York Times folks this is the one thing they did right. They're failing everywhere else but here they got it right. Um i i am yeah. going to
2: counter yeah. the argument about the that the the right wing likes to use about the New York Times and say um i've been down on the New York Times ever since you know they decided to be mouthpieces for the Bush administration and uh, and 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 out Valerie Plame so. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, they. I mean, the one thing that they're right about is that the New York Times is bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, just bad not just just,
2: just just the not paper for the of record.
0: It's not a good paper, folks.
2: Yeah, just not for the reason that they think it is.
0: Exactly. And that's like, I mean, this is not obviously this kind of podcast, but like that's one of the like a recurring theme among some of those right wing, like uh, whack jobs is like they get things right for the wrongest reasons.
2: Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, well, <laughs> you know I mean? broken, broken clocks.
0: Yeah, yeah, well. So, yeah, uh, speaking of right wing goofballs with bad opinions, Chris Jericho, not really happy about MJF. Um, (laughs) And there's a little bit of dissent there. MJF kind of plays it as you're my best friend, Chris. I love you, Chris. Uh, Everything's cool. And you can tell that everything is not cool. Uh, More on that later tonight. We cut to a
2: commercial and we come back. We get a little Christmas time promo with uh, Cody and Brandi Rhodes at at home, which they. Uh, reveal their baby announcement,
0: which uh, they got a little, awe. that's nice.
2: It, I mean, which is nice. I mean, a little grandstanding considering John Moxley just kind of casually dropped his into a it. It is very
0: funny that this, that, that like, you know, obviously it's pure happenstance. It's just, you know, two separate people and two separate families living their lives. But it is very funny that it happened two weeks after Moxley announced his incoming uh family beginning yeah situation. just kind
2: of in, in in a uh just uh just kind of offhanded so if nothing else i guess that whole Jay cargill thing is probably grinding to a quick halt because that's well, the yeah, no way brandy's I'm gonna, gonna wrestle
0: uh, we're gonna come back to that too because i have i have some thoughts on that that ties in with a segment later in the show but yeah uh no no brandy wrestling in 2021 which i guess for you was good news uh
2: <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but no, like, congratulations. But congratulations, yes, Congratulations
0: I mean. to the Rhodes is is and congratulations on Pharaoh for uh uh being a protection dog.
2: Yeah, he he's 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 also gotten a promotion.
0: Yes. And we didn't
2: have to give it to him.
0: Yeah, promoted to the goodest boy.
2: Yeah, indeed. Uh this leads us into our second match of the evening, Cody Rhodes and the the happy family uh against Angelico Um uh,
0: yes. Which brings me to the point of uh, you know another uh, uh, soon to be father on Helico because as soon as he walked in the ring, every woman in the first three rows got pregnant. <laughs>
2: Damn!
0: So congratulations to on Helico. Look at him; he's beautiful. Um, the, the the match was kind of okay. I I did
2: like the fact that it it, it transpired that and Helico is maybe too tall for the crossroads.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, uh, our well, first of all, our predictions were correct on the outcome. And my other prediction was Cody's going to win and on is going to look really good and uh, correct. And Helico got some really nice stuff in. Uh, a couple of really good like uh, submissions and the uh, the Cody bite on the rope rope break I thought was pretty good. Yeah.
2: Now Tony oh. Schiavone says I've never seen this before and I'm thinking of like five examples off the top of my head where I've seen this at least two of which were in New Japan.
0: <laughs> right. Know? But Tony Schiavone did not watch that. So yeah.
2: I, yeah. Obviously Tony Schiavone does not watch New Japan because Tony
0: Schiavone doesn't watch wrestling that he isn't calling.
2: Right. Because I'm... because both I, I can think of Juice Rock both juice robinson and tomohiro ishi have done that that i can think of off the top when of my tony head when tony
0: Schiavone goes home he does not put on other wrestling he is like watching like real sports or he's you know he's like his, a wife guy he's watching he's his watching, georgia bulldogs yeah he's watching love actually with his wife um, you know he's just having a nice life he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about other wrestling <laughs> and bless his heart for it
2: um so the finish came with a uh, w- w- with a Top rope, you know, at, you know, diving, uh, the diamond, Cody Cutter, Cody Cutter. That did not look great because, uh, and Helico kind of like looked like he was just taking like a suplex or something when he, yeah, it was a little bit up,
0: but uh, you know, it was an okay match. And again, on Helico rocks, so you know, that's nice. Immediately, it's fun. a match. You know, Cody, Cody keeps padding his record for we're not really sure what the ends to the means are with him getting you know the extra matches in. Uh, throughout this year, but he's like 24, 25 and one this year. He's got quite a few matches in,
2: uh, immediately following. We get the whole of team Taz, uh, out to, to cut a promo, Uh, you know, two things that are true on this as with every team Taz promo, uh, Taz and Ricky Starks are wonderful on the mic and Ricky Starks just got that drip.
0: Oh man. That shirt with the tiger is holy shit, bro. So good. So good. I need that. He he got
2: that drip. That but uh, a, a, as Team Taz moved to put uh, Cody Rhodes on paternity leave once again, we get Stinger. the man they call
0: Sting. Stinger, This is Sting. I wish they would do that 1997 entrance with like the laser lights. I remember that? one. Oh of, yeah, the laser light show, and then they had like the it was like the modified child's voice being like, "This is Sting." I do remember that. It's Good shit, right there one of my favorite uh that was like the, that was his first time wrestling again right after like the whole year in the rafters
2: i think so yeah i, I believe I so so don't call me
0: a wrestling historian but
2: <laughs> so once again and of course you know ricky starks also you know made uh, reference to to the you know calling uh darby allen turtle boy
0: yeah that was pretty good <laughs>
2: pretty good i mean darby his allen does his like confirmed his dedication to that uh... His dedication to that meme is, uh, is I mean, wonderful.
0: Darby Allen's more dedicated to anybody else. I would contend
2: <laughs> most likely
0: I would contend Darby's the most dedicated to the meme. Yeah. It uh, would be great if he like came out with like a turtle or like had some sort of turtle reference or like just did the I like turtles kid makeup in full. <laughs> just like, one, like he should like subtly lean into it just to fuck with him. <laughs>
2: We then go backstage uh, to a promo with Miro, who is fined $75,000, so he could only buy one of those, uh, of, of that sweatshirt he was wearing. Because
0: out here looking like a sheet of dot candy. I mean, I you know what? I would wear that thing. No, here's the thing. It was cool, but it, it did. Like, I just thought of, didn't you just, like, think of, like, old-timey dot candy? Like, you go to the penny candy shop, you get, like, some lemon heads, you get some uh, you get some smarties, you get a little sheet of the dot candy that you still c- you try to convince yourself is good, but really you're just eating paper.
2: No, actually the uh, no, what,
0: what it made me think
2: of was the, the fact that the material was the same thing that they the used to put or the, they probably still do on on signs, you know, the, so that you have the shimmering effect without actually getting like an electric sign. So when right. the sun's on the and the wind blows so it all, you know, shimmers. That's what it that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, well, I eat that, too, so it's fine. Okay, cool. Um, and also, you notice his uh, his hair is going back to its natural color.
0: Oh, yeah, he's letting the blonde grow out so, a little bit. He, yeah. uh, he did a segment on AEW Dark I didn't mention earlier, but the intensity we're getting from him now uh, is good. And I don't know if you noticed, but the less Kip Sabian's around him, the better he's been since he's come to AEW. Well, well so, wow. Oh. Who,
2: who saw that coming? Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. That's who saw that coming. Next, we get a promo with Eddie Kingston, where he even runs down God. So God's getting buried.
0: I love a, a man in two rosaries says, starts beefing with God immediately. <laughs> Huge respect. Huge respect to that.
2: Um, he, he, he talks some shit against uh, Lance Archer, which prompted Lance Archer to come out. And then hmm. we have the full El Triangulo de la Muerte. Pac is Bach. Oh, goodness me. And uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, hot segment here. There may Real be, hot segment. There may be some beef between uh, Pac and, and Archer because uh, Pac, you yeah, know, was. Snuck in and 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 got more shots in on Eddie Kingston than uh, than Archer did. Yeah, well, Archer uh...
0: doesn't actually get along with anybody, right? These are just alliances of opportunity, right? Like both these guys want to kick Kingston's ass. Archer wants to kick everyone's ass, and Pack is like one of the most believable foes for Archer on the entire roster. I know there's obviously a size difference, but he's just so believably badass. You know what I mean? Like he stands up to Archer and you can just, there's no fear there whatsoever. Like he's really convincing. And they're like, I want to see these two guys fight.
2: And if we're talking, going to talk drip, uh, Penta's outfit. Oh, oh. yeah.
0: That's oh, one yeah. My, how about that, the, how about the Phoenix fucking Louis Vuitton mask?
2: Oh yeah. That was nice too. But that, that whole outfit from Pentagon, that is yeah, like, one of my That's one of my favorite outfits of his is, is yeah, that, that shit one. Rocks.
0: Yeah, he looked great. Uh, It's great to see Death Triangle back in the ring or Death Rhombus or Death Trapezoid. Uh, El Rombo de la Muerte. El Rombo de la Muerte. Uh, Whatever you can call it. I don't think that there's like a real alliance coming here. I think, again, this is just an opportunistic kind of meeting. Um, You know, Kingston and uh, Archer do have an upcoming match. Is that right? Aren't they going to have a singles match coming up? Oh,
2: shit. You know, I don't know. Mm. They might do. Well, We'll see. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're always happy to see, uh, we're, the, the show really, truly is pro El Triángulo de la Muerte, so we're, unequivocally. um, we go backstage and Dustin Rhodes, uh, brings up how bad seven was back in 1999 but and you, how bad,
0: but you know what, Dustin, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
2: Are you gonna? Dustin be... needs
0: to watch Darkman again and just understand that it was actually good. Are, are Darkman gonna... was good, and Seven is good. <laughs> I'm but gonna Vince... defend all the bad gimmicks. I'm but... gonna be the bad gimmick defender.
2: But Vince Russo sucks, so <laughs> well, yeah, it, it washes Vince out. Sucks. So it washes out,
0: right? But Vince Russo, despite sucking, is responsible for all kinds of wrestling stuff that we like throughout history. You just have to, you know, admit well, it. You know what
2: on. that that may be true, but I, I think we we can all agree that with. Uh, w- w- when Vince Russo worked best was when he had somebody who would tell him no.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: You know, and and then you know, I, that's well,
0: that's most wrestling, like quote unquote, minds, like the the guys who like like style themselves the great minds of wrestling, almost always work best when they're either heavily edited or at least just like. Uh, have, like, the checks and balances, like, necessary. Like, some of the worst WWE stuff has come when Vince just has the full green light and didn't have, you know, the Pritchards and Pattersons and Briscoes around to tell him, eh, pump the brakes. And the inverse is the same true with all those guys, right? Uh, The same with Vince Russo. The same with most guys who uh, did, you know, it's a collaborative effort. And these creative... Uh, endeavors especially like a weekly wrestling show they're big creative undertakings and they require multiple people checking each other um you know you need like a writer's room essentially uh for this kind of stuff and you know i think AEW works because it's it's collaborative and because the talent has a lot of you know control over their characters and it's not just like one guy lording over and deciding all the storylines
2: our third match of the evening uh the collected inner circle minus wardlow for reasons we already discussed Again, Best Friends, Top Flight, and the Varsity Blondes. Uh,
0: Wish they would have cut to just Brandon Cutler standing around in the back looking sad. <laughs> that, you know what? That would have been good. Um, <laughs> oh, Orange Cassie yeah. was just kind of... How about... Let me just put my fantasy booking cap on. This would have been a great opportunity to have Dark Order come up on Brandon Cutler.
2: Yeah, would well, he already looks right? like He a... Could
0: have just rolled up on him being sad, like, "Oh, are you sad? You got kicked out of this match. You wouldn't have got kicked out of a Dark Order match."
2: See, he he, he could be number D twenty.
0: Oh! oh, nice.
2: That's, real good. Yeah, there we That's go. Yep, there
0: we go. Come on, Tony
2: Tony Khan. Come on, man. Give it in the book. You, you, you know this. You know it's true. Uh, Orange <laughs> Cassidy on commentary ish. <laughs> he just kind of showed up and unplugged he his headset. Vibing.
0: He was simply vibing.
2: Uh, this match was, I, 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 I'm going to take the victory on this one too. As far as the predictions,
0: this was a complete mess. Well, I, I think I want to push back just a little bit. It wasn't quite as big of a clusterfuck as I expected. I thought it was a little bit cleaner than you would expect a 12 man tag match to be. Um, Griff Garrison looked great. You know, I'm going to tell you that, but it's true. Griff looked really good. Griff, Can we talk about Griff's, uh, corner splash for a second? That was neat. This man throws one of the best corner splashes I've seen since prime sting. The aforementioned Prime stinger splash is a great splash, but Griff is a big guy and he gets up, dude. Like he's got hops for a guy, his size. And he really like, he jumps from like the middle of the ring, like all the way to the corner and like really lands it. Uh, I think it's a really nice move, but no, there was some good stuff. Um, You know, Jim Ross, said something that he caught some flack for publicly uh, on his podcast last week that he probably shouldn't have said this publicly and presented it in the manner he did, but he was correct about something that's done probably too much in AEW is outside, like inside out spots where basically everybody's just standing around waiting to catch a guy. And that was shown off quite a bit in this match. Definitely too much.
2: You know, it it is kind of a Lucha tradition to do that, but,
0: um, yeah, when it's all the time and then remember, and yeah, and we love Lucha Libre here, but this is not a Lucha Libre show, right? But this uh, is a weekly variety wrestling show on American cable television, and you have to treat it as such. And when too much of this stuff is happening, it does diminish, uh, um, it takes away the meaning of these moves in the first place.
2: I, I, I'm just gonna say, I think it irritates me more when, if you're gonna go that route, it irritates me more when you have a guy that, like, in the ring, and they're just kind of holding the rope, waiting for a match, okay. or like, yeah. or, or, or they're laying across the the rope, waiting for like a guillotine leg drop from the top, from the top to you know, to a guy hanging on over, you know, through the middle rope.
0: That that's also fair. I think that annoys those things me more kind of tie in together. Right. I think I don't think any of this stuff is mutually exclusive. I think, you know, when you have like these like high spots like this, a lot of them, they have to be highly telegraphed for safety purposes. Right. Like there's well, no way around it. Right. And that's I that's why you can't do them so often. That's just precisely why you have to scale them back. And when they have and they have to be meaningful and they have to be set up properly. And if you're just doing it a lot. Uh, There's no way to pull that off. So, yeah, I would like to probably see them scale some of that back. But, you know, we saw Top Flight do their thing. Love Top Flight. Uh, Saw Griff Garrison do his thing. Great. Great. And uh, Inner Circle gets the win. Uh, so you are kicking my ass prediction-wise. Uh, the two that we've diverged on so far, you have been correct and I have been incorrect.
2: Wow. See? I, wow. I, I, I really had no idea. But, but
0: you know, my, my reasoning behind Inner Circle uh, not winning the match was so they could, like, have some dissent and some shoving and shouting. That happened anyway because... They did, and again, another thing that pro- that kind of miffed me a little bit, they did basically the same ending spot as the six-man tag earlier.
2: Yeah, they uh, with did. With the
0: stolen pin. It, I, guess, I guess a stolen pin? Was it a stolen pin? It was more of like a setup pin? I don't know. It was weird. The worst part was that Griff took the pin. Let's let's start there. Yeah, Griff I, I, the I, I knew you were going to be upset about that. I am very upset, and I hate wrestling now, and this podcast is over. <laughs> Bye, folks. I quit wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just kind of
2: said that this match was just kind of eh. I mean, I, I thought that the number one there were just way too many fucking people in it. Thank God it wasn't yeah, the 14 no cuz yeah,
0: like but... a, a match with this many dudes in it like uh really like mean anything. Like it's just there for its own sake. Yeah. Now,
2: um, it, now if this re now if this reignites the 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 best friends uh Santana Ortiz feud
0: I'm, I'm there for that. that. Yeah. It had some great matches. So yeah, I mean those guys can wrestle each other all the time.
2: Yeah, but unfortunately, we're still stuck with uh, Miro and Kip against, uh, against the best friend. We go backstage and... Hey, but at
0: and... least we got a wedding coming up, and that's exciting.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that momentarily. Uh, Thunder Rosa backstage with Alex Marvez, and I was very happy to see Thunder Rosa.
0: And then, of course... The first thing I forgot to mention about AEW Dark, she commentated um, one of the women's matches um, on Dark and was quite good. Oh, good. And then uh, we
2: get, uh, you know, Brit and Rebel interrupting and, uh, you know, pouring water on her and, and ruining her space. I face said it before
0: and I'll say it again. The best part of Brit Baker is Rebel. You might not be wrong. She's, she's crushing. She's doing great. When she came in and um, uh, and accused uh, Thunder Rosa of having an annoying laugh. Right. Just mwah, chef's kiss.
2: But yeah, well, we, we we need more Thunder Rosa on uh, on our Wednesday night program. It
0: looks like we're going to be getting it. Very excited, Thunder That's, Rosa.
2: That is excellent. Uh, our fourth match of the evening: SCU versus the Acclaimed, and uh, there was a lot of rapping
0: in, in the this most match. lyrical match in wrestling history, and none of it was good. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot. There's been a lot of discourse lately about who can and can't call themselves doctor lately um some folks were a little bit miffed that dr jill biden uh, uh uses that honorific uh some people care some people don't but i think one thing is for certain jeff that everybody in that ring can call themselves doctor because they all have a phd in thugonomics.
2: No nah, man that match the the, the, the rapping so the match was good the rapping sucked <laughs>
0: What do you mean? What do you mean? Those guys are spitting bars. Uh, Those guys are uh, ill lyricists, uh, bro. Uh, I thought that was a tribe called West in there.
2: Nah, man. I don't
0: know what you're tr- talking tr- trust about. Trust me.
2: Trust me as a funky diabetic. Uh...
0: <laughs> as yes, the, the the two white wrestling podcasters are experts in hip hop, so well. we know what we're talking. About. <laughs> I am no, a di- um, I, at least I'm a diabetic. At least <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I've heard Max Caster uh, spit like. He's, he's done a couple things on AEW deck that were kinda of funny, but like basically not a single line hit for anybody in this one. Although it did the Frankie Gazarian thing was funnier for me because all of it was offbeat. So like yeah. it was a little bit more charming just because it was like yeah. even more bad on purpose. Yeah,
2: but he but he also he, he 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 raised the ghosts of the West Texas rednecks on TNT. But hey, it's
0: T N T. Why wouldn't you?
2: <laughs> Proving once again that this is WCW cosplay. <laughs> oh uh no i i i joke i can't i can't uh the the mat the match pretty good i was right again if
0: triumph shows up on this show i will agree with you then okay (laughs) if triumph fucking shows up on this show then yes it will be wcw cosplay wait wait on it'll be like triumph fucking robocop dennis rodman and carl malone somehow No, 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 it'll be, it'll be Jimmy Kimmel in that horrible blackface Carl Malone thing he used to do on the man show.
2: Oh, no, oh, jeez. <laughs> right, man. Oy. Oy. Um, so, uh, the Acclaim get the win and then immediately challenge the Young Bucks for a via, title match.
0: Rap. They challenge them via rap.
2: Yeah, and call them Cucks, which I'm sure uh, all sorts of...
0: Uh, that was... All, all, all honestly, right, that was the all right in them. That-
2: all, all right, incels were 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 creaming themselves. Oh wait, over wait, that. You,
0: can't, you can't say incel on anymore because it's against Twitch's terms of service. Um,
2: we ain't we in on Twitch.
0: Oh yeah, I guess not. Um, yeah, no, the cuck line is the only one that popped me because it was just the right amount of stupid for me. It was so dumb, I was like, because <laughs> like uh, the young guy. Uh, this was mentioned to a friend. By a friend, uh, the young cucks is such low hanging fruit that it just I I had to laugh.
2: Yeah. Uh, we go backstage and uh, we get a uh, a promo with Top Flight challenging Jericho and MJF to a tag match.
0: There, is, did you see the new shirts? I did. The Top Flight, it's great. The Top Flight has shirts, and if you like it, I think you should go buy it. But you know, between this, the Sting shirt, and like a bunch of other ones, so many wrestling shirts just look like esports logos that were made by a guy in the Philippines on Fiverr. I I think
2: we've said that before, like, we've said that most logos in AEW look like esports logos nowadays. Yeah,
0: and this one is no different. They're just, like, I swear to God, they're just, like, hiring the same Malaysian guy that did my Twitch logo.
2: You hired a Malaysian guy to do your Twitch logo?
0: Hell yeah, I did. I I wanted a Fiverr esports logo for my Twitch.
2: Okay, wow. I I
0: specifically wanted one. I was like, I want to get a Fiverr, I want to get, like, an esports logo off of Fiverr. Okay, well, and I got one. And you know what? It looks like he's one of these T-shirts.
2: <laughs> Our fifth match of the evening. Uh, the women's segment of the of the show. The one.
0: You get one. You uh, get one.
2: Ivelisse and Diamante versus uh, NWA Women's World Champion Serena Deeb and Big Swole. Swole. Um, this was decent.
0: Well, of course it was. You got four, like, insanely talented wrestlers. Like, four of the best, like... You can make a case for all four of these women being like among the best on the entire yeah. roster.
2: Now, of course, we, 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 we all have our reasons for hating Eva Lees, but. Eva
0: we've talked about this. Eva Lees is an asshole, but no one's going to say she can't wrestle.
2: Right, but yeah. Um, and this was,
0: I think, the only match I got wrong. Um. Did you predict uh Ivelisse and Diamante on this one? Yeah, you did. I
2: predicted Diamante was going to take the win to challenge uh, Serena Deep, and yes, and I, I also was wrong.
0: Those two winning, um, and we were yeah, we were both incorrect on this. Uh, matter of fact, Diamante took the uh, the L on this one.
2: Yes, uh, that was uh, that that uh, Texas Cloverleaf by Big Swole. Yeah, that was nice. Nice
0: to see Swole get the win on that one. Yeah, this was an interesting result. But yeah, no, the wrestling. This was probably. I mean, I would say probably the best wrestling of the night, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I I go with that. I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah, probably the best wrestling match of the of the evening. Um, more women's matches, more women's tag matches. Just put more women on Wednesday. Uh, you know, you can still see a women's wrestling on Tuesday on YouTube. But I mean, I think we talk about this every week. We're just gonna exhaust ourselves with it. But the women on the roster continue to prove every Wednesday that they belong there. And then not getting any more segments. Where's is Hikaru Ishida? Doesn't matter. Not on this show.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah, it, it's hard to ignore the criticisms of the women's division at this point cuz I think we're making a lot of them
0: at this well, point. Well, the the biggest thing is like at the beginning they could lean on lack of depth or whatever. People could say, "Well, they just don't have the talent there yet, right? That's too thin. There's not enough people, blah blah blah." They can't do that anymore. The talent's there. They can't ha- they don't have any more excuses. Um, you know, there was a fucking 12-man tag match here. There was a six-man tag match. Both of them didn't do shit besides have the same result and end with dudes staring at each other menacingly. You had a singles match with an executive vice president against a tag team wrestler. Um, and y- y- tell me you can't make more room for more fucking women's matches on this show. No, it you just totally seems can. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to think that There's a lack of vision for the future of this division among the AEW brass. Well, I mean, who's even booking it? Is it still Kenny? I don't know. And you know what? Kenny's probably the only person there that you could tell me or you could convince me that likes women's wrestling really in any way, shape or form. I don't think that Cody or Brandy or the Bucks give a shit about women's wrestling at all. Well,
2: here's the thing is that I think in Kenny's case, it was specifically Joshi. That he was into. Yeah. And that's, and and that's the thing is, uh, Kenny the, none does of them like can, wrestling, but none he's of them, like a Joshi
0: nerd. Yeah. Right? And,
2: but, and none of them can come over. Right.
0: Because but we have like, Yeah. See, yeah because need...
2: for, since since lockdown, we have not seen Riho, uh, Yuka Sakazaki, uh, oh, who else? Uh, what, yeah. Oh, sheesh.
0: You know, the one who runs, Emmy Ami Sakurai.
2: Ami Sakurai. Thank you. Yeah. The one who runs Gato Move. Ami Sakurai. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's no. What I would like to see is women booking the women's division. That's what should be happening. Um, I would like them to take some of these veteran women that they have either on their roster or go out and find some people uh, to go out and book this division. Uh, sure, because surely, it needs more attention. Surely someone
2: from Shimmer is out there that's not wrestling that could possibly book this division.
0: There is a lot of talent you could go out there, and there are a lot of great uh, female wrestlers. Fuck, ODB was outside selling barbecue. <laughs> o- ODB was outside of the build- building selling barbecue. Was she? Yeah, go give her a fucking clipboard, man. Damn. Which, by the way, ODB's barbecue, delicious. I uh, Had some at StarCast, great pulled pork. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, o- yeah, who, ODB who, ODB who, can cook. Who do, who do thunk?
2: Um, We cut backstage, and uh, we get a promo from the best friends where they're excited about Kip and, and Penelope's wedding announcement, and they're showing off a new shirt, which looks pretty, pretty cute yeah the, uh, the,
0: the best friends Christmas one yeah yeah it is cute that one and the uh the one where like uh Orange Cassidy is like a cat is very cute yeah yeah <laughs> those are good those are good shirts yeah I, I follow I'm, that I'm I glad f- they're making merch like that because it's like you know, like for me, like my girlfriend would wear that, right? Like you, you know, that's like there. It's something that you can make for not the hardcore fan, and that doesn't look like an esports logo.
2: Right. I I, <laughs> I follow that artist on Twitter, although I'm having trouble finding their name right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen their work before too, but yeah. It's the uh, name. Oh yeah, John J.,
2: at John J Freeze on on Twitter. Ufuru is uh, the the display name, but yeah. Um, Great work. Yeah, yeah, he they, uh, they 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 do good work. Um, we then get a preview of uh, of Jurassic Express, which leads to an FTR promo.
0: Hell yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it, Dax it, Harwood puts his mouth way too close to the microphone and starts yelling at everybody. Yeah, go
2: yeah. Uh, That had a that actually kind of had like a WCW Saturday Night feel the way they 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 walks in and interrupted it.
0: Good observation. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. They, yeah, they did their thing. They said uh, Jurassic Express is in their crosshairs where you don't want to be, uh, and uh, they're coming for them. So I think we're, we're going to some future FTR Jurassic Express match, which, hell yes. I, I Well, wait. Haven't we already had one? Yeah, and it was good, and do it again. Okay, fair enough. Do it again. Those motherfuckers can all wrestle. I want to see that. I'll, I'll watch that shit every week.
2: Our final match of the evening, uh, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela, in an eliminator match in which the the uh, the winner, well, if, if Janela wins, he gets a shot at the AEW
0: World Title. You beat the champ, you get a shot at the title, brother. That's how we do. Uh, the first thing I, I
2: notice is Kenny's cup marks on his back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, he he's had a, he had a long couple of weeks.
2: He he's got the cup marks on his back. Um, you know what? Less Don Callis, more Sonny Kiss is all I'm going to say. Well,
0: so to pit these two against each other like that is kind of unfair because and something I said last week, I'll say it again. People were wondering what AEW gets out of the Impact Partnership. The answer is you get Don Callis and this Kenny Omega title run and all of the things they're doing does not work without Don Callis. Period. No. It doesn't work without Don it, with,
2: with, with all of them, you know, including Kenny, calling the match. Now, I, I, I would told... have liked
0: to see in a no disqualification match, uh, Sonny Kiss get more involved than he did. That part, I'll agree with you. Yeah, like, I yeah, would have she liked to see really. Sonny Kiss just run up and just smack Don Callis in the mouth. That would have been a really good use of that in a no DQ match, especially. Indeed. Uh, so, I, you know, Sonny set the table up or whatever, and that, that was pretty much it. Um, so I would have liked to see more of that, but. Don Callis being told to go fuck himself by Tony Schiavone.
2: That was good.
0: And then just going to grab a hot mic and doing commentary over that was a great touch. Yeah. I thought that was now, a lot of fun.
2: I, Now I was told in a group chat by, uh, I, I, with, uh, by Dave Ryan of the Days of Thunder podcast that um, there was a match in Dublin where uh, Kenny and the Bucks did a similar spot where they were, um, you know, where Kenny started calling the match you know, in ah. the ring, but like the second half of that was him, him squealing and in and, and and yelling in pain because Leo Rush started kicking, kicking his ass. So, <laughs> so it was it was a it was a lot funnier. In other words, it sounds. You
0: no, know, like... I thought I thought this was well. I mean, so most DQ matches, especially like a no DQ main event, are are normally longer matches. This was about a ten minute match. Uh, yeah. So they didn't take up a lot of time, but I thought they made pretty efficient use of the time. Um, a couple of big heavy spots. Joey's leg dropping Kenny through the table was real. Uh, woof. Okay. Do, so, do,
2: do, 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 do you want Joey Janela to be in a 25 minute epic?
0: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Have you, have you seen Joey wrestle like long matches? Joey can go for days. Joey's yeah. got win. Look, okay. Joey wrestled the uh, beep for 60 minutes and it's a classic. Um, so they're beef. like, Joey, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're talking about beef. Yeah, we're not talking about the person that Joey wrestled uh, in that match. Oh, uh, uh, Okay, wait, when did this happen? Uh, What American Rana 1819?
2: Oh, so this has got to be something like uh, Max Barsky.
0: <laughs> that would be you would be correct. Ah, uh, shit. Okay. Sid, you, you had to say it. Now press the beep button, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> i tried okay. not to i did my best no i, I did my best um, but, I, i'm not glamorizing it but but uh no joe i've seen joey wrestle multiple 30 minute plus matches and he always shows up for them i think people really underestimate joey's stamina and in-ring ability in sustained matches and honestly i think that's probably aew's fault for keeping him out of the ring so much joey could fucking wrestle man and i'm kind of sick of people acting like joey can't wrestle
2: uh, in the end, we got, you know, the one-wing angel on Joey Janella for the, the win. Result. Yeah, the expected result. So what's a, what's our count now?
0: Uh, you win. You won. I won. Uh, okay. I win. win the two matches that we had diverging predictions, uh, you were correct. And then one match that we both predicted, we uh, we were both incorrect on. So, yeah, you win.
2: Okay. Well, fair enough. I, w- I win this round. Um, so as uh, Kenny and Don Callis... Uh, pro about you know how great kenny omega is uh we get
0: el triangulo de la muerte yeah we do they're back what's better than getting a death triangle segment on your show jeff uh not much getting two death triangle segments on the show jeff
2: (laughs) oh yes and pack challenges on behalf of of Ray Phoenix, we're gonna in two weeks we're gonna get Kenny Omega versus Rey Phoenix a title match. Mm,
0: just like melt it down and bang it into my largest, most visible vein. They
2: they, they well keep in mind it was uh, it was Phoenix that uh, Omega beat for the AAA Mega Campeonato, right? So exactly.
0: This is uh this is really good stuff. It's good booking. Uh, it's really interesting. You expected Pack to be the one challenging, and then him making the challenge for Phoenix. I thought was such a nice touch. This shit rules. Um, uh, <laughs> just happy to see Pack out there, like doing everything he can do. He's yeah, great and a great way. Um, Dom Callis saying, you know, you don't get to tell us what to do. Pack says, well, I already talked to Tony Khan. You know, the, the classic, well, we already spoke with management. Move. Yeah, and then. Uh, the The show ends on a great note with Kenny just losing his mind. And this is the good Kenny Omega right there, right? Like over the top, like a grieved, pissed off villain Kenny Omega. And mm-hmm. this is where he shines and where he does his best work, I think. Um, you know, just doing that like uh, cartoony villain sort of stuff. and that's kind of what he did here.
2: Yeah, no no actually, this was a, a, a great segment and uh, it, it's good because now it, it gives it, it gives a challenge to Kenny Omega in his title reign. Because, I mean, he, he he knows Phoenix.
0: Yeah, this is one of the most legit challenges he's had since he's got the belt. But, I mean, obviously he hasn't held the belt that long. But, yeah, right. no, Rafe, him and Phoenix uh, know each other really well. Uh, Phoenix has the axe to grind. The chip is on his shoulder. Uh, he wants to get one back on Kenny. Uh, yeah. So I'm really excited for this one. Pac,
2: right. Pac wants to get one back on Kenny. Hell, Penta owes Kenny at least one.
0: Kenny, Yes, he does. In a match that we talk about a lot on this podcast, They're uh, their clash at all in.
2: Yeah, but for different reasons why we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that, we end episode sixty of AEW Dynamite. Although you notice who hasn't been around for two weeks.
0: Interesting. Uh, who hasn't been around for two weeks, Jeff? That would be one John Moxley. Where? Why? Why would John Moxley not be around for two weeks, Jeff? Well, it's possible. Now I'm just spitballing here. Just spitballing, just throwing it out there, just cooking up some ideas, just brainstorming if you will.
2: It's possible he may currently be at the Tokyo Dome Hotel doing his 14-day quarantine in Japan because he's going to be showing, he might, and I stress the word might, I don't know if this is true, might show up at New Japan's final shows of
0: the year, which happen next week? The timeline would match up, would it not?
2: It would. And by the way, yes, it's true. I found out that the, the that the place where they
0: quarantine is the Tokyo Dome Hotel. They got the insider information right there. It's so, because Jeff is actually outside the Tokyo Dome Hotel right now. That's right. <laughs> it's him and fat-ass Masa. They're just hanging out. Uh, they're standing six feet apart, uh, waiting for the wrestlers to come out. Well, yeah, I'm just waiting for, uh, yeah, we're, we're just waiting for
2: Masanori Horie, you know, a, a, another, you know, long-term fan of, 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 the, <laughs> of the Japanese wrestling, so.
0: I'm waiting for that one guy, uh, the, the, the one guy from Israel who holds up all the terrible signs and makes noise when everyone's quiet. Oh, God, no. No, that fuck, one, dude, no yeah, that, fuck that guy.
2: Guy. Oh, fuck that guy. No,
0: I'm waiting for him so I can give him a Death Rider. Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go. fair <laughs> enough. Um, then we're gonna hang out because we're friends yeah this show because we both have similar views on palestine
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> K fame i want everyone to know that that is cave fabe. free palestine um
2: yeah i i i much i enjoyed this episode a lot more than last week's
0: yeah i, I would definitely say it was a little bit stronger i definitely had my critiques about some of the in-ring stuff um I thought that you know some of the booking could have been a little bit better. I didn't think that the big multi-person tag matches were as necessary as getting more women on the roster. But that's every fucking week, so I can make that complaint basically every time we do this podcast at this point. So, and I think so you funny, do right. And I think you do, actually. <laughs> and I, you know what, Jeff? I'm gonna keep doing it until I see more fucking women's wrestling on this show. And I think you guys know I, I'm pretty po- i take a pretty positive outlook of this show and about pro wrestling in general. I think anyone that listens to this podcast probably has a feel for like uh, uh, my my genuinely sunny outlook of pro wrestling. I like to watch wrestling to enjoy it, right? I don't like hate watching stuff. If I don't like a wrestling product, I'll fucking turn it off and watch something else. It's totally right. fine. Me. There's enough wrestling that you don't have to watch stuff you don't. Like, I like this show. I like AEW. I like a lot of what they do. But this women's wrestling uh, uh, deficiency on Wednesday nights has to change.
2: No, I'm with you there. Uh, On that note, uh, scheduling issues. Um, Next week's episode of this show may not come out until Christmas Eve because of the NBA preempting Dynamite. Um, I do not have the ability to to podcast late into the night, so um, we may have to put this off until until Christmas Eve. But uh, because so, it, so it, here's
0: it... here's what you're gonna do, dear listener, you are going to make sure that you are subscribed via your preferred podcast platform, be that Apple Podcasts or be that Spotify. We are on Spotify now, uh, be it Google Play, uh, be it you know Pod fucking guy or like whatever android app you're using uh whether you're on our original feed on soundcloud whether you're subscribed to the pwom podcast network uh and you're gonna wait for the episode to drop it's gonna come out it's gonna come out it'll be our gift it'll be our gift to you on christmas you know what here we'll we'll just don callis and kenny omega we have a big announcement for when the podcast is coming out (laughs) and you're just gonna have to tune in to find out
2: so anyway yeah um that since, uh, yeah, the episode is going to be preempted by the NBA until, you know, the NBA is over. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to we're not going to come out next week until uh, until actual, which I don't think will be a days of thunder week. So we won't be stepping on their toes. So, Paul, go ahead and plug yourself.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at thickflarettv or on Twitch twitch.tv/thickflare. Been streaming a little bit less as of late but that's okay. We'll stream more. Just fucking follow, subscribe, it's fine. It's free. You can do it. Um definitely follow this podcast Twitter account at bgtdpodcast. That's bgtd like boom goes the dynamite bgtd podcast on Twitter for any updates, new episode releases, uh, wrestling shit posting, you know, whatever I kind of feel like. I have the account. I'll do whatever I want. Also, stay tuned to that feed in mind for possibly not ready to announce anything yet. But there is some more content in the works that I do think the listeners to this podcast will enjoy. So please uh, keep your ears to the ground for that.
2: In the meantime, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in Style. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, on uh, this past uh, Sunday, we released a uh, a little pod blast for busting balls because the 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 topics were serious enough where we didn't feel like you know making the ha ha for the rest of the episode. So we just kind of kept it you know we kept it you know hundred on that one. Uh, we think we may actually do another episode this weekend just so we could, you know, do some of the ha-ha that, you know, the show really wants to do. But, you know, uh, if, uh, you know, football fans and officials would quit being racist, we wouldn't have to. So.
0: to it sounds like wishful thinking to me.
2: Right, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Paul, any last words?
0: Um, I don't know, fucking uh, let's party.
2: Okay, cool, let's party. <laughs> All right, we'll see you on Christmas Eve next week.